Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. My message today is, is, uh, is a little bit different. It's funny because uh, my, my family has noted that periodically I'll, actually somewhat semi-regularly I'll say I have a message that's a little bit different. It's almost like a joke, right? But it's not. This one's a little bit different. This one is kind of like uh, uh, it's, it's, it's a puzzle piece here. There's a lot of puzzle. It's almost like a, a chemical equation. My, my son last year took uh, uh, chemistry at, at Kennesaw and... Uh, and, and, you know, you're doing all these chemical equations and stuff like that. And, and uh, not to give some of you PTSD, anyway, chemistry, high school chemistry, I, I, you know, I, I didn't really, I know, it was tough. But, uh, but the point is, is that I, I, I've got kind of like a little bit of a map for you. I want you to follow me in some logic. It's puzzle pieces that we're going to be putting together that all add up to something that really uh, you see if you kind of have it all strung out there. So hopefully... It resonates with you. Let's start in the book of Matthew, please. Matthew chapter 5. I've got a lot of scripture for you. I love the word of God. Man, I tell you what, if, if, you, if you are attending a house of worship where they don't give you a scripture or they give you one half a verse or one verse and then the guy talks for an hour uh, and, and that's the last scripture you hear, run, don't walk. Get away from that, okay? Listen, I, the Word of God is what keeps us centered and grounded and actually relates to a little bit of what we're going to be talking about today. A, path you, a, a powerful word from Yeshua, from the Mount of Beatitudes, man, I'm going to say the Sermon on the Mount where Yeshua preached this one, Matthew chapter 5, absolutely an amazing place in the world. You guys know, Sam and Denise know, ooh boy, it's a special place, man. It's, a, it's one of those places that if you go to it, and I know we got, we got actually a number of people here coming with me this coming April to Israel. If you, if once you, you'll never see the scripture the same way again. You just never will. But in any case, very beautiful and amazing uh, words of our Moshiach, of our Messiah, Matthew chapter five, verse eight, part of the part of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Ooh, that's so powerful. It's interesting. The musicians today were uh, the first and the third worship song today. Uh, related very much to my message, and, uh, and they don't know what I uh, preach on ahead of time. It's just really beautiful to see the connection with the first and third, especially worship song. We're just like, wow, those could have been written for my message here. There's something to this. I want you to remember this because, again, this message kind of builds on uh, upon each other. Listen, you can't fall asleep in this message. <laughs> that was a little joke there. <laughs> If you have no, okay, good. I got a good uh, snorer there, not to be confused with a schnorer, which is a totally different Yiddish uh, thing. 
but, but uh, if, if you have no clue what I'm talking about, uh, uh, pull up last week's message on uh, napping during the message, and you will understand my joke. It was a joke on my message from last Shabbat where I talked about people who fall asleep during the sermon, and uh, God bless you. Uh, I've got the trapdoor installed here, so you will go. Okay, uh, so in any case, <laughs> it's not true. <clears throat> So, so follow me on this, and I pray it just it really speaks to you. Blessed are the pure in heart. Remember this. Remember this as we continue to walk. Blessed are the pure in heart. They shall see God. There's something, there's a connection here from a purity of heart to a revelation of God. Today I want to focus on a passage from Jeremiah, Jeremiah, Jeremiah the prophet. If you want to get ahead, you can turn to chapter 17 of Jeremiah. We're going to be spending a lot of time there today. Uh, This is a little bit different than I typically do where I'm constantly moving around in the scripture with different places and all. Today we're going to be centered a good bit on Jeremiah chapter 17. Jeremiah was a prophet in Judah, of course. If you know the weeping Jewish prophet Jeremiah, who spoke much about the sins of the people and the fact that captivity was coming. Man, Jeremiah, who boy, he had a serious message. I mean, he didn't always enjoy sharing it, to be honest with you. So, uh, but man, he had, he was, that was not the kind of guy who got invited to parties. I'm going to tell you that. <laughs> you know, the, everybody had the, the birthday party or the, you know, okay, well, I will invite this one, this one, that one, this one. What about Jeremiah? Uh, no, 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 thanks. So let's skip Jeremiah. <laughs> A lot of people. Why? Why? Because Jeremiah, man, he was, he was intense, man. And he, but, but he was called by God. He was called by God to share this word. It, it wasn't something that he really necessarily uh, enjoyed doing in that level. He enjoyed, of course, communing and speaking the words of God. But he didn't enjoy the message that he had to give, which was one that said, children of Judah, you you in trouble because you've been sinning and you're going to be taken away captive and all this bad stuff's going to be happening to you. But his polemic message was mostly ignored by the people. They did not listen. They did not heed Jeremiah. Jeremiah, time after time, whether it be the general populace, the leaders, the kings, he he was uh, a prophet under multiple kings of Judah. Um, most of the time, most of the time, he was not listened to. Uh, even though he was, of course, speaking truth. Now, now for us today, uh, and here's what I'm doing. I'm not looking to review his treaties for, for, the, for the purpose of condemning the people of the day. So this is not a historical look at what he's talking about. In Jeremiah chapter 17, just to say, oh, those bad uh, you know, people of Judah back in those days, and mm, mm, tisk, 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 what a shame. No, no, no. They received their punishment double said the Lord. They, they received it double. And, and the Lord had his hand and has his hand on these people to restore them, which is happening even today as we speak. But we can look at one of the factors that caused God to allow Judah to be taken over so that we can make sure that we don't fall into the same trap today in our lives. Does that make sense? So again, examining what it was, some of the factors, because they're specifically identified, right? Some of the factors that caused God to say, enough, 
I've had enough of this. I mean, these were his beloved chosen people. For him to get to the point where he was going to say, okay, banishment, take them and allow them to be taken captive. It had to be some serious stuff, right? And so we are, are, are going to examine at least part of the, the reasons that are given and, and elucidated in the scripture, why not to condemn them, but to examine these for ourselves. Why? Because if this stuff was so bad that it caused God's chosen people, his children, to be allowed to go in a captive, then we should be on guard for this ourselves to make sure that we don't fall into the same traps that caused them to, to, to be taken captive. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Say amen. Oh, you're with me. All right, yes. The beginning of Jeremiah chapter 17 sets the tone. <clears throat> Verse 1, get ready, get ready. It's, it's intense. Judah's sin is written with an iron pen and with a point of a diamond engraved on the tablet of their heart and on the horns of your altars. Ooh. Oh boy, man, that's, like I said, Jeremiah wasn't invited to many parties. You can understand why, man, that's serious stuff. That is intense. I, honestly, Godfrey, when I read that, it gives me chills. You too. It gives me chills because it's like, oh, Lord God, please, I humble myself before you. Let, let, let me never get close to, to that point. Lord, please, please, Lord, spare me, help me, help me see what I need to see, not to get to that point. It's, it's, it's awesome and, and incredibly humbling and, and, and frightening. Wow. Very, very interesting. It's a brutal sentence. And, and it's so interesting said, Judah's sin, the sin, is written with an iron pen and with the point of a diamond engraved on the tablet of their hearts. It's, it's so visual. Recall that the Ten Commandments were written on a tablet. In this case, the sins of Judah were engraved on the tablets of their hearts. And it's also interesting because this stands in direct contrast to the prophecy of Jeremiah uh, later in chapter 31 where Jeremiah says that God would one day engrave his law on our hearts. Do you see that there's a, there's a thread that's being woven uh, through this story here? And, and, and we see here that, 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 that God is really referencing the commandments in this engraving. And there, there's something visceral about what is written on our hearts. So in this case, the sins of Judah were engraved. It says like a diamond-tipped pen, right? Engraved. Our sins were engraved on the tablets of our hearts. Again, there's something heart. Remember what we, what we said in Matthew chapter 8? There's something about the heart here. Begin to ponder what is written on your heart. Begin to ponder what is written on your heart. Because here we see a couple of different things. We see the children of Israel, the, the children of Judah, right, who had the sin engraved upon their heart. But then God said, one day I, I, will, I will engrave the new covenant upon the people's heart. 
Very interesting. For us to examine, to look honestly within ourselves. So here, Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah, is making God's case as to why the Jewish people were destined for destruction and captivity, at least in the short term. And within this, we need to hear the words and the things that turned our people against God so that we can be especially careful to avoid them. So we got to look at what is it that turned our hearts this way so that we can make sure that we don't do that because these were the children of God. These were the people of God. These people had the commands of God. These people knew. These people's forefathers were, were, were doing the right thing, but something happened. Something changed within their heart to, to change it from what was kosher, I'll say, right, to, to the sin that's just engraved deeply into their heart. So, man, we, we should say, wow, what was that? So that we can make sure that we don't do this and to be on guard for this. Okay, well, let's take a look. We'll skip down to verse 5 of Jeremiah chapter 17. Thus says Adonai. He's given part of his reasons here. Cursed is the one who trusts in man and depends on flesh as his arm and whose heart turns from Adonai. Very, very interesting. We're seeing the, the heart in this as well. Do you see that? Very deep. One of the biggest things that God has against Judah was that we didn't put our trust in God first. Our trust has to be in God first. Numero uno, number one. He's got to be numero uno in our lives, and we have to trust him completely and trust him first. What happened? We turned to men and trusted in them the most. We trusted in man the most. And it says we depended on our flesh. So that's ourselves. Really? Are you, you understand? Our flesh. And it says we turned from God. But friends, this is so easy to do. It really is. Why? I think in some ways one of the reasons this is so easy to do is because we don't physically see God. We, we, we can't, you know, listen, I, I, I have this microphone. I can touch it. It's tangible. Is the microphone here? What does it do? Yes, it's here. I know it's here. I can fully trust that the microphone is here, although it's actually not on at the moment because I have this little microphone. But, but, but the point is, is that it's something tangible. It's, 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 it feels more real to us in many ways. And, and because it's, it's, it's more real to us because it's physical, sometimes we think we can depend on it a little bit more. And, and, and such is the case with us and with the children of Israel in, in life as well, because we see others we see others. I see each of you here. I don't see you online, but you see me. I see you. No, I don't see you. Okay. Uh, and, and we don't have a firm grasp on the spiritual realm. Too many of us don't recognize and have a, a, a true understanding and belief that the spirit realm exists. People think it's hokey or something, it, or, or, it's, or it's obscure, almost like an abstract painting, that you look at it and you say, what is that? What? 
A lot of people look at abstract art and go, what? what? I don't quite get it. That's a, that's a lot of times the way people are with the spirit realm. They don't say, mm, you know, I think I'm just going to stick with what I can see and what I can feel and what I can touch. Well, then if you do that too much, friends, what happens is you begin to depend on man. And you begin to depend on your own flesh. This is what the children of Judah had done. And we depend on these things more than the Lord. What about you? What about you? Look, look into your own life and, and look into your own heart. It says here, cursed is the one who turns their heart from Adonai. Oh, we see that in there. And there this heart is going on too. Going on to the next verse, God through the prophet further describes what kind of person does this? What kind of person doesn't trust in the Lord? Verse six tells us this. For he will be, the person who doesn't trust in God, he will be like a bush in the desert. He cannot see goodness when it comes, but will dwell in parched places in the wilderness, a salt land where no one lives. This is also very interesting and, and deep and profound, but really makes so much more sense if you have been to the land of Israel and understand what he's referring to. You well already knows what I'm talking about here. If you've been to the Dead Sea, this is surely the area God is describing here in verse 6. He says that if we don't trust in Adonai first, it's like we're planting ourselves in a parched desert, a salty place where no one lives. That's what it's like if we don't trust in, in God first. We're planting ourselves in this desert and a salty place where, where, where no one lives. Why? Because it's incredibly hard to live there. Friends, it's, it's easy to die there. Water does not frequently come there. Water is that which nourishes the, the planting, it nourishes the tree. And it says that we can't see goodness when it comes. We're blind to it. We're blind to goodness even when it comes. When we're not trusting in the Lord, goodness may even come sometimes, but we're really blind to it. We don't even fully catch it. If you understand geography and the climate of Israel, this visual makes even more sense. If you go to the Judean desert, Yoel, of course, uh, uh, a citizen of Israel, served in the IDF, been to the Judean desert. Ava, the whole family, many times, of course, they've been to the Judean desert. I love the, the Judean desert. It's an absolutely amazing place. However, you've got to be careful when you go there. I, I say I like going there. I like going there in my air-conditioned vehicle, usually, and, <laughs> and I like being able to go back into the hotel room after I've had some time at the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea, of course, the saltiest uh, body of water. I mean, it's, a, it's an amazing place for sure. However, it's a, an incredibly dangerous place. People die in the Judea, Judean desert every year. Uh, no question. If you understand, when you go to the Judean desert, which is on the eastern side of Jerusalem, it's one of the things that amazes me the most whenever you go to Israel is that you, you, you head from the Mediterranean all the way climbing up to Jerusalem and then literally on the, on the Mount of Olives, if you go to the Mount of Olives on the, the tip top of Jerusalem and just look 
from the Mount of Olives, on one side is Jerusalem. You're looking at Jerusalem. Daniel, you remember this. One side is Jerusalem. If you look at turn the other side, it's, it's desert. It's the Judean desert. I mean, and I mean, it is, it is lush on one side, desert on the other. It's like a line is drawn. I mean, it's that stark. It's, it's like, you know, 300 meters one side, 300 meters the other. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. The, the, the demarcation of, of the desert is just so profound right there. And, uh, and it's also, of course, the Judean desert is on the, the east side of, of Jerusalem and then ra- runs all the way down uh, by the Dead Sea, uh, heading down uh, to the south. And in the Judean desert, it literally almost never rains there. Rain is incredibly rare in the Judean desert right by the Dead Sea, the salty place, okay? Uh, very rarely, but every once in a while, see, this, this really makes the scripture come alive and spoke to me, uh, Shalev, is that every once in a while, the area will see a strong rain. It's not particularly frequent. It's very rare, but every once in a while, even, yes, the Judean desert will see a strong rain. As rare as the area receives rain, you'd think that it would just graciously soak it up like a sponge. I mean, you think about it, right? If you have a sponge that's there that's just bone dry, and boy, you put some, some liquid come into it and suddenly it becomes, mm, yeah, let me suck this stuff up and just become all mushy and mm, like a good sponge should. You know, I personify a sponge, but you know what I'm talking about. You know, you, you, that's, what I would, that's what I would think would happen, right? But it does not, my friends. It is actually dangerous when the rains come to the Judean deserts because most commonly when, it, when there's a rain in the Judean desert, you've been there. I think you've told me one time you've been there in times of rain. It causes severe flash flooding. Severe flash flooding. Why? The ground is not capable of soaking up that water and especially not that quickly when it does rain. And so what happens? It immediately just runs right off and often we'll just gather together and take out everything in its way. Whenever there's a major Judean desert rain, frequently it'll take out part of the desert road along the Dead Sea. The water will come and just knock it out. I've seen it many times. You go down there and they have detours because the road's been knocked out by the flood. It's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. The water does not soak in, it runs right off. You see, this is what God is talking about when he says that the one who trusts in man is like planting in the desert. Even when goodness comes, you can't see it. Even when that rain comes, it just washes right off. It just washes right off. Even though the rain is a good thing, you need that water, we're desperate for water. But, but when you're trusting in man and your own flesh, you don't even see it when that rain comes, when that nourishment that you need comes. You're blind to it because you're depending upon yourself too much. You're depending upon others too much and not on God. And what happens? The goodness comes. The rain comes. And just like if you're in the desert, as it says in Jeremiah 17, it washes right off. You can't even see it. You can't even see it. In other words, even temporary success is just that. Temporary. People who trust in man may have some level of success. Man, if you go in the Judean desert when the first time it rains in a long time, it's, it's unbelievable because the desert will change into a color. It was, it's, it's typically just kind of the color of a, a, a tan color. 
And then suddenly a rain comes and it will just bloom with color. And it's, it's absolutely amazing, like massive color, but just as quick, it's gone. It's gone. And so the rain came, it, but, but it was temporary. It was temporary thing. It wasn't long-term nourishment. It wasn't long-term fruit-producing tree nourishment. No, it was temporary and it was gone. It was beautiful for just a minute. You see, that's how it is if we depend upon ourselves, if we depend upon others first, is that there may be some level of success for a season, but it's temporary. Understand, I'm not saying that you can never depend on somebody else or on yourself. That's not the point. The point is primarily, number one, I said this at the beginning, number one, we got but too many people, we depend on something in the flesh, either others or ourselves, first. Very powerful. You know, and, and the drought and lack of fruit will continue if you're in the desert. The drought and the lack of fruit will continue because the heat there is blistering, blistering. Thankfully, the, the time where I'm actually set to go to Israel a couple times, uh, next group, a couple different groups. One time is in the middle of the summer that I'm scheduled to go with the young people, the college group. And in the middle of the summer, when you go down to the Dead Sea, I mean, I could, right outside one of the hotels, I don't know why they do this, if you're at the Dead Sea, uh, there is, you're, you're there in the, the sea itself, but, but along, right outside the hotel, they've got a little thing that's like a, um, kind of like my clock in the back. It shows the time of day, but then it also flashes to the current temperature. And it's like, wow, when you look at that, you're, you're in the Dead Sea. And of course, it doesn't feel as hot because it's desert dry for sure. But still, when you see like, you know, 112, you go, wow, that's, that's warm, 114. Whew, wow. It's, you know, listen, they say desert heat is different. Yeah, it's true, but it's still 114. <laughs> I mean, it's like unbelievable. You know, that's no exaggeration. You see, it's hot. And, and if you don't have some, some water, you ain't going to last long, not in 114, not in, 100, not in 101. You ain't going to last long, my friends. The heat there is blistering. Verse 7, because then God contrasts, mm, then God contrasts someone who is different, different. Verse 7 says, blessed is the one who trusts in Adonai, whose confidence is in Adonai, for he will be like a tree planted by the water, spreading out its roots by a stream. It has no fear when the heat comes, but its leaves will be green it does not worry in a year of drought, nor depart from yielding fruit. Mmm, wow. It, doesn't this, this, this prophecy, Deborah, just is so visual. I can see it, what they're saying. Um, I, you can kind of feel what, what, he's, what he's prophesying and what the Lord is saying. Beloved, what a contrasting visual that God provides for us here. The difference could not be more stark. If we trust in the Lord and have confidence in Adonai, we are like a tree planted by the water. Wow, first of all, this is awesome. And secondly, this is a clear link 
to Psalm chapter 1. If it sounds familiar to you, Godfrey knows Psalm chapter 1. Feel free to turn there with me. Psalm chapter 1. There's a, there's a parallel that's going on here between Jeremiah 17, what the Lord is saying, and what the psalmist says in Psalm chapter 1, and they relate and they connect. I told you I had some puzzle pieces to put together. Here we're going to be putting these puzzle pieces together. Stick with me. It's really a beautiful thing. Psalm chapter 1 says this in verse 1, happy is the one, happy is the one who has not walked in the advice of the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, or sat in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the Torah, or the law of of the Lord, the Torah of Adonai, and on his Torah he meditates day and night. He will be like a planted tree over streams of water, producing its fruit during its season, its leaf never droops, but in all he does, he succeeds. Wow, that sounds like the same thing, doesn't it? Very, very similar. It's a complete parallel here that we're seeing to get the full story of everything it means. You really need both of those passages. If we want to be planted by streams of water, if you want to be planted by streams of water and to continue to produce fruit, good fruit in your lives, then we have to do two things that we see elucidated in Jeremiah 17 and in Psalm 1. And they are related. The first thing, trust in God. Trust in God. Trust in God. And secondly, that was in Jeremiah 17 as it relates to planting by the streams, right, of water. And secondly, meditate on God's word. Meditate on his word. Meditate on his word. They are related because, friends, if you meditate on God's word, we will see it lead to great fruit in our lives, which will only increase our trust in him. Because we can't see God physically, but we can see his book and we can see his word that he gives us. See, this is something tangible that we can feel that you can open up and read and you can look at the words and the words are alive. These words are not dead. This isn't like a regular book. This this book is alive and these words will come to life within you if you L-E-T, if you let it. Very, very powerful. This is what Jeremiah is saying that we as a people were not doing. We were not trusting in God. We were not delighting in his commands. We were trusting in ourselves. That's, this is what Jeremiah is, is showing us here as he's kind of given the, almost like the judgment, you know, in, in a court when they'll say, well, the jury has found you guilty of this count, this count, this count. Well, he's giving the counts that, that the people of Judah are guilty of, and these are, are some of the primary counts that we're guilty of, which is why we're being sentenced in this time, and we were trusting in ourselves. What is the point of having your, your tree planted by streams of water? There's regular nourishment, right? You can grow deep. And when you grow deep as a tree, unlike in the desert where the roots can be very shallow, unless you're by an aquifer or something, okay, but, but if, you, if, you are, if you are near that water source, man, your roots are just going to grow like crazy, right? Deep and strong. And that tree is going to be very strong if it's got a good water. 
If it's watered well, it's going to be very strong. There's not a a fear of the winds blowing because, friends, winds blow in lives, right? The winds are going to blow. But if the tree is very strong with a good root system, hello, well-rooted, that is very important, then, then you haven't got to fear the wind. Yeshua, my friends, actually shares with us a very, very similar principle in Matthew chapter 7. Feel free to turn with me. Matthew chapter 7. It's so interesting how this connects and relates to Jeremiah chapter 17. Let it speak and minister to you as well. Because Yeshua also talks about how it's so important to have this this solidness. I don't know if solidity is a word, but wow, that would make a good word. (laughs) This solidity, hmm. okay, verse, uh, chapter 7 of Matthew, verse 24, Yeshua says this, mm. see how it relates to, relates to Psalm 1 too, therefore everyone who hears these words of mine, Yeshua says, and does them will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came. The winds blew and beat against that house, and yet it did not fall, for its foundation had been built on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who builds his house on the sand. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and great was its fall." It's interesting that the sand, of course, is typically, stereotypically, in the desert. If you build your house on the sand, do you see this? Yeshua says here that if we hear his words and if we do them, then we're building our lives on the rock. Doesn't that perfectly parallel with Jeremiah chapter 17 and Psalm 1? If we delight in the Lord, if we hear the words of Yeshua and act on them. If we trust in Adonai, then we will be secure. Just like that strong tree, right? That great tree that has just got the roots down solid, solid. The same thing with you build your house on the rock. The rock that is Yeshua, the rock that is Messiah, right, Carlos? If you build your house on the rock that is Messiah, you're not going to be swayed by, by the, 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 the wind or the flood. None of that stuff's going to mess you up because you're not built on the sand, the sand, the shifting sands, which makes the house just absolutely blow away. No, we're going to be secure. We're planted by streams of water, building our house on the right. See, friends, this all should encourage you. There is hope if we trust in Messiah. Ooh, we got to trust in Messiah. Mm, There's hope if we trust in him. Now, as we as we swing back to, to Jeremiah chapter 17, because there's, there's something very interesting that's said in the very next verse, we see how the Lord concludes what he's saying about how Judah turned from him and did not trust in him. And in doing so, we see a key element that relates all the way back to verse 1 of chapter 17, and also a few things that I said at the very beginning of the message. So back to Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. Right after Jeremiah, and actually God, through Jeremiah, speaks about how the children of Israel were not trusting in the Lord, and their hearts were turned away, then this verse, which you've probably heard before, maybe not in the full context, verse 9 says this, the heart is deceitful above all things and incurable. Who can know it? 
I, Adonai, search the heart. I try the mind to give every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his deeds. Mm. Wow. Wow. When this all came together to me and I was working on it, I was like, wow, this puzzle is amazing. How it all just kind of comes together and connects in. And if you've been, if you've been kind of following in with me, remember back in verse 1 how we read that Judah's sins... Judah's sins, we talked about this, were written, remember, engraved, diamond tip, on their heart. Their sins were engraved on their hearts. And we read in verse 8 how good fruit only comes if we trust in God and plant our trees by the water. Now, here, God gets to the heart of it, pun intended, <laughs> to reveal that the foundation on if we trust or not comes down to the heart. It's a heart condition that will really determine if we're going to trust in God first or trust in ourselves or others first. It's a condition of the heart he tells us that the heart is deceitful, incurable, and that out of our heart, the fruit comes. See, in the, the people of Judah, the people of Israel, the reason why it was so clear that they were so sinful and that the sin was etched upon their hearts was because of the fruit of their deeds which revealed the condition of their heart. The fruit of our de deeds, very deep. Within this, God is revealing that the fruit that is produced is based on if the tree is planted by good water. That's the good water of trusting in God. That's the good water of his word and his commands. And if the deeds, because if so, if you're planted by the water and if you're planted by the word in your life, then the deeds of your heart will be holy. But we must beware because the heart is deceitful. We have to dig very deeply and be honest to discern the state of our hearts. Yes, even our own hearts, much less others, Oftentimes, it's hard to discern the truth of even our own heart. Why the heart can be so deceitful. Yeshua in Matthew chapter 15. Feel free to turn to it. We're getting ready to close. Yeshua knew this well, which is why Yeshua quoted Isaiah. Oh, this, this all ties together. Yeshua quoted Isaiah when he was speaking to the religious leaders of his day. And what did he say to them in Matthew chapter 15, verse 8? Yeshua said this, This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. This people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Do you see here how the heart... Can, can be deceptive, and why 
we have to make sure that our lips and our heart match. It's hard to discern even your own heart because sometimes even what comes out of your mouth is good, but it doesn't match what's in your heart. This is part of the message as well. This is why King David, when he sinned and he sinned so horribly, and then he repented before God, he said in what? Psalm chapter 51, he said, create in me a clean heart. Oh God. He acknowledged that he had a heart issue. The children of Israel did not recognize their heart issue, and it cost them dearly. Beloved, we need to make sure that we regularly seek to check our heart health. And the way to keep our hearts in good shape, what do the experts always tell you? Regular exercise. That's how you keep your heart healthy, regular exercise. Exercise in God's word and trusting in him and not ourselves. We have to regularly practice. We have to regularly exercise. When things are going great, Lord, I trust in you. God, I, I, I trust in your word. I, I, I seek your word, which nourishes me which keeps my tree planted by the, the streams of, of, of water, which will nourish me and keep my heart pure. Lord, God, help me in this. See? Exercise, exercise. Lord, I, I, I trust in you even when things are hard, when things are great, when things are hard. I trust in you. Do you see how this, it really can change everything. When things are great, when things are hard, it doesn't matter. I trust in you, God. I rely on your word. I get regular nourishment from this. Even in the drought, I'm not going to worry. Even in the extraordinary heat, I'm not going to worry. Why? I got my nourishment. I'm where I need to be to be nourished from your word. And I trust in you, Lord. And what's going to happen when you do that? Good fruit is going to continue to be produced even in the midst of whatever you're going through, even if it's a drought, even if it's a storm, even if the wind's blowing, even if a flood comes, you're still going to produce your good fruit because of our heart and exercising in these things. We must turn to Yeshua, build our foundation upon him alone. So I ask for you to look within today. Where is your heart? In that situation, yes, in that situation. And also while we're talking about it, that situation too. <laughs> Whatever situation you're going through, good or bad, good too. What is the status of your heart? Where is your heart? It probably depends where your tree is planted and where you've built your home. Are you regularly into the word of God? Do you trust Yeshua completely? Or like the, the people of Judah, do you trust too often in yourself or in others first? 
as a side note, oftentimes the fruit of your deeds will give the answer away as to the condition of your heart. Even in hard times, it doesn't mean that you don't acknowledge. It doesn't mean that you're phony. But is there still some good fruit? Even in the hard times, if there is, that is a good sign as to the location of your tree and the condition of your heart. Let's heed what happened to our forefathers and choose wisely. The title of my message is Jeremiah's Heart. Let's bow our heads. I want to ask, wow. Man, this is a rich passage. This is a rich, this message was really spoke to me and really ministered to me. Lord, thank you, God, for this. If you're here today or if you're watching online or listening in the podcast and, and there are areas where you haven't been trusting in God as much as you know you should, if there are areas in your life that you've, you've not been giving to the Lord first, maybe you're depending too much on man, too much on yourself, too much on your own flesh. If you haven't been into the word of God and delighted in it like you know you should have, your, your tree is moving away from the water. Your tree is moving away from the water if, if you're not in his word. Your house needs to be built on the rock that is Yeshua. Read Yeshua's words. They're life-giving. If that's you in any way, shape, or form, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that the Lord endues within you almost like a revival spirit to trust in Him and to seek Him, to seek His words, to lean on Him first. Lord, in the name of Yeshua, I pray for each and every person who's here or is watching, listening. God, no matter what it is we're going through, it might be great times. Oftentimes, I've, people can get off even in great times because then they depend upon themselves because they give themselves credit for whatever good that's happened. And so they depend upon their own flesh. No, no, no. Even in good times. Some, some people may be going through good times. You see, the heart is deceitful. People may not even recognize the condition that their heart is in. Sometimes the heart doesn't match the lips, like your, your son Yeshua said. If, uh, Lord, if there's people who's, who need some heart surgery, Lord God, please, one, convict them from your ruach with the truth. Two, encourage them and give them strength, Lord. Encourage them and give them strength. And when they trust in you and when they read your word and they're into your word and seeking your word for answers, Trusting in you first, God, not in ourselves, not in others. Oh, Lord, bless them, God. I pray for a great fruit, great fruit that comes, Lord, when our hearts are where they need to be. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. That's what you said. Oh, thank you, Lord, for this. Bless you, Lord. Thank you, God, for touching us, for changing us like we need to be changed. Hmm. I want to ask this. If you're here today or watching online, you've never said a prayer to receive Yeshua into your heart. 
If that's you, you've never committed your life to God, but you'd like to, raise your hand and we'll have a simple prayer. Is there anyone who's never committed their lives to God but would like to? Raise your hand, we'll pray together. If there's anybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We had somebody just this week send us an email from a different state and say, I said the prayer to receive Yeshua into my heart last Shabbat when I watched the message. Thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord. Is there anyone else? Wonderful, wonderful. If, if that's you, maybe you're watching online, maybe you couldn't get your hand up, repeat this prayer after me and the Lord will change you on the inside. Dear God, I humbly come before you. I ask Yeshua to come into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry, I'll live the rest of my days for you. I believe, I believe. Anim amim. Thank you, Lord God. If you said that prayer for the first time, please send us an, an email like this dear sister did this week. Let us know so we can encourage you. If you're here physically, see me after the service if you said that prayer for the first time. Maybe you couldn't quite get your hand up. Man, we got to just celebrate what God is doing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for Jeremiah. Lord, thank you. Lord, I'm looking forward to meeting Jeremiah in heaven because I'm just guessing He's going to be a fun guy. <laughs> Why? Because, man, he's get, everything is now done of all the lamenting, and now he's just enjoying being with you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for these things. We love you with all of our hearts. B'Shem Yeshua. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services, Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.